You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 212 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on April 21st. I'm Vince. How you doing this week, Raj? I got nothing. Nothing? I got nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, the discussion we were going to have last week and ended up postponing because, well, we just couldn't not talk about Daredevil is that of the Avengers Rage of Ultron, the latest story Marvel has put out in their original graphic novel format. Written by Rick Remender, art by Jerome Opeña, Pepe Larraz, Mark Morales, and Dean White. And I have to say, we've both always been fans of Opeña's artwork. And on a project like this, where he doesn't have to you know, meet those monthly deadlines and just has his time to go, this comic was gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, it it was amazing. When you're looking at the level of detail that are in some of these shots, right? They're not even shots, they're panels, but they're that good. They look like shots. It's just you can clearly see everything that's going on in each of the action sequences and stuff like that. And the character detail is amazing, which when you're looking at a story that is this type of story, um, facial expressions and the likes are, are very, very important. So for, for, for this, I mean, it was perfect to have this crew in the art just because you can see whether it's, you know, the few moments of joy, <laughs> more than <laughs> likely pain, disappointment, all of that. You can see it perfectly. Yeah. And the, the colors were fabulous. Everything just artistically worked phenomenally well. Except Beast. He just, I don't like his Beast, like, at all. Okay, fair enough. Luckily, Beast is only in this for a couple pages. And he's lame. <laughs> I also don't like Beast's writing, because it's lame as hell. Yeah. When the story starts off, we're back with the, the classic, like, late 70s, early 80s version of the Avengers when Beast was a member. And on one hand, I can see what Remender was doing. He was kind of writing a lot of that stuff like it was written back in the day. On the other hand, don't hold up. It was so freaking grown worthy. I hadn't read this yet. And so I read that. And the moment he's doing the best kind of ship is friendship i almost closed it <laughs> stopped reading and said screw you vince you can't make me read this kind of dribble <laughs> luckily i it was remder that's the only reason i kept reading and even then i uh, i this was lame but that there was the dumbest freaking thing ever so stupid puns from beast aside how did you feel overall again i wasn't crazy about this yeah, I, I liked a lot of parts of this. Like, I've always been intrigued by Ultron as a character. And like we've talked about this. Yeah, uh, Some of the movies we're going to be talking about on Popcorn Ronin coming up are focused around AIs. And it's always been an interesting story concept of, you know, how does an AI see the world? How does the world see an AI? And we've seen it. Uh, like I, said, I saw Chappie. I'm looking forward to seeing Ex Machina, stuff that happened over in like the Mass Effect games. And Ultron has been kind of that central point of that storytelling in the comics. But it always, 
like there's no sort of middle ground with the Ultron stories. Like he's always just been like cackling supervillain almost. And I think what they tried to do here was they really tried to get into a lot of the, I don't want to say emotional because he's not human, but kind of like the, the core concept of the character and how he views himself. And I, I liked the attempt, but yeah, the finished product was a little, little iffy. See, I would have been more all right with him being a cackling, maniacal villain over a melodramatic emo teenager that is having daddy issues because that's what this was. The, the, the missed opportunity here is what really upset me the most because as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I get what you're trying to do here. And it's it's a good idea because Pim's uh, a dark character as well. Mm-hmm. Pim has got his own issues to deal with. So when you're looking at, okay, well, let's do something where it's that that really messed up family dynamic between Pim and Ultron and Vision and stuff like that. You're like you could that that's that's one Thanksgiving dinner you don't want to miss, boy. <laughs> so you could have a lot of fun with that. But then it's brought down by being mainly this melodramatic crap and I mean from everybody involved instead of just gripping drama know what I mean yeah like I I, I almost entirely I don't say almost I pretty much entirely agree that like a lot of the the emotional weight should have come from Pim's side of the story and even vision because you know vision isn't technically an AI but yeah Ultron should have been a little more stoic in his resolve and it Ultron serves best as a reflection of Pym not necessarily a, a an evolution of Pym if that makes sense yeah there were again there were a lot of things that yes I did enjoy but it kept slipping into those moments where again having raised four teenagers now that that eye roll kind of thing you're gonna oh god and and there's far too much of that where there's, again, it's it's treated as melodrama instead of drama. And there's a big difference there. And it's all in how you approach those characters, what they say, how they behave and everything. And it just, it did not feel for me authentic. It, it just, again, it was... Ugh. Yeah, it, it, it was so close to doing something great. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will agree to that. Except for again, that whole love bit. All you need is love. <laughs> that was where I like. I was okay. I'm. This is where I'm clocking out. What time is it? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I, I I got I got nothing. But it's like the the whole like it was also the story was a bit cluttered. I, I think they could have done without any of the stuff on Titan, other than hey, we want a cool visual of Planet Ultron, but and then uh, like Star Fox being there and. You know, Listen, Star Fox has his fans, but I'm fairly confident neither one of us count among them. It just kind of seemed to me like Remender really wanted to write a story with Star Fox in it, so he shoved him in here. I again, yeah, it was he was a useless character from the beginning to the end. And when you get to the freaking love bit at the end, and it's not because I'm trying to play the part of a <laughs> gave him the freaking Care Bear stare. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. And again, it's not just trying to be this macho bro about it. I'm not. I'm just, it was stupid. It was just absolutely stupid. Now, one of the things I did really enjoy in the story, though, was the subplot revolving around Pym's 
off switch for the robotic enemies that are coming up against. Yeah. Early on in the story, he just flips a switch and all of these AIs that they were going up against just dropped. He essentially killed them. And running throughout the story was this really good, I thought, moral dilemma among the Avengers over whether that should be acceptable. You know, is that killing is that murder and of course you have vision there who absolutely sees it as murder and you have pym on the other side and all the other adventures are just kind of in the middle and their perception of that even changes throughout the story as circumstances change like i really enjoyed that subplot more than the ultron pym specific stuff cannot agree with you anymore like that should have been the 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 main story, or at least give it as much attention as the stupidity of the emo kid, but but yeah, no that that part of it was great because it really it really showed a, a different side to Vision, that relationship between him and Pym, and his relationship with every member of the Avengers, especially those that were there, so like. When you're seeing it coming up later on in conversations, it's it's one of those like, <laughs> what would you do? Is a machine sentient? Mm-hmm. Can you turn it off, quote unquote, or whatever? And it, and it does ask some very, you know, some questions that if you stop and think about it, you really have to battle with your perception of what what life is and what. You know, who's got rights and who doesn't. It was that part was super interesting. And I would have liked to have seen a hell of a lot more, especially because, again, Vision was just going off the rails. I felt a little bit too much, but it it worked for the story. So Yeah, I I was okay with Vision in the story. And Pym went from this somebody who's quite obviously in the midst of a depression and very quiet, very lackluster to just blowing up. And so again, you wound up having these interesting moments and conversations, and that's what I would have liked to have seen a crap load more of. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never liked Pim, like, as far as, like, oh, someone I can relate to, but I've always thought he was an interesting character for writers to handle because he, he is so dark and not, like, Wolverine, Batman dark, but, no, he's got, like, actual issues that he's been trying to work through in, in the comics and we we got a lot of good stuff here but like you said it's some of the stuff just didn't quite work but i'm still really waiting for a really good hank pym story yeah and i think the that reminder overdid it too with the constantly everybody saying how he was the the avenger that nobody respected okay maybe once or twice but at least in my opinion it seemed to come up far too often and it was like that crutch that they kept leaning on for just his justification of his actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, like overall, there was some really strong stuff in here, some pretty iffy stuff. Like, I, I'd say at the end, I still enjoyed the story, but I can't quite recommend it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But as I said, artwork's really damn good. So that's definitely a point in the win column for Rage of Ultron. Yeah. And there were some good character moments, too. Some good Spidey mm-hmm. stuff that I liked. <laughs> yeah, we had all the other Avengers in here, and basically what each of them got, like, a page to do something. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, just, it was just cluttered. Like, I think it could have been a lot better if it was a little more focused and the, the core characters had more central time to breathe. Like, there was no reason for Sabretooth to be there. There was no reason for, okay, Captain America, he has to be there. But, like, a lot of the other stuff was just... 
and there were there was too much going on at points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it's because there were too many people. If they would, had kept a much smaller cast, then you could have had a lot more fun. But I think that they were that that Remner was going for trying to make this epic tons of mm-hmm. people involved kind of of stories. One of the other aspects that I I really actually did like was when New Thor got infected and you've got her going up against Spidey and and Cap and I thought that was actually really really freaking cool. It was I I enjoyed that. Yeah, a lot of the 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 infected stuff like we've seen that way too many oh, way times too many. i agree i agree, <laughs> I agree. It, it lost a lot of its impact because uh, i've seen captain america punching thor seven or eight times in the last couple of years i i won't disagree with that mm-hmm. all right then let's just move on to what else we've been reading then uh first of all the latest issue of nova now that he's escaped from the magic mirror he's back to being nova and it's back to being one of my favorite comics marvel's putting out i enjoyed this one as well Mm-hmm. Like that, this whole quest for his dad and how it's just one of those things where, God, he's just he just wants to do the right thing, which, yeah. which is so refreshing. And I know I say this every time we talk about Nova, but it's really the one thing that keeps bringing me back to this character. I love Sam. It, it doesn't matter if he's Nova. I would read a comic about Sam going to high school at this point. I love that character. When he put on the the, the red underwear so he'd look like freaking Deadpool, <laughs> that was hysterical. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yes. That's the kind of Deadpool material we need in all Deadpool comics. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about the latest issue of Uncanny X-Men? Yes. Yes. I find it really interesting that Bendis only has one more issue of Uncanny X-Men. He said the, the next issue that comes out, uh, which is issue 600, which haha, we've had that joke, is going to be his last issue like in like the swan song of his entire X-Men run. So I find it really interesting that right before that, he basically just tells this great little side story with Kitty and Magic that I'm really glad he did. Oh, no kidding. And like, we just had our episode where we talked about Ilya (laughs) and this this relationship too and stuff and how important it is to her and how interesting a character Magic can be. And that moment, that that panel that page actually where they're talking back and forth her and kitty and kitty makes the joke about i thought you were gonna bring me out so you can kill me and (laughs) there was that snap back from magic and where she she tells her you know it actually hurts when it hurts me when you do that too and just that 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 look and that slight embarrassment too like it was a really profound little moment and it's things like that that make these you know buddy issues that we've been seeing more of between various characters have that much more impact when you're reading them. See, and it's one of those things like this issue really showed. And also the last issue where we were talking about the stuff with Cyclops and Emma, that Bendis has such a great handle on these characters and the dynamics between them and, you know, the secret wars and all that, they're kind of reshuffling stuff again. So I, I'm wondering kind of what more he could have done with these characters because I don't think he said everything he needs to say about them at this point. I agree. All right. Moving on, though. Uh, Legacy of Luther Strode. I've read some of the uh, the original ones. I think it's called The the Strange Case of Luther Strode. And story-wise, like, I'm picking up, you know, this is the, the first issue of, like, their last run, if you will. So I have no idea what's going on in the story. Largely irrelevant. Like, the 
the writing is okay, I guess. Maybe if you've been reading it the whole time, it makes sense. But that doesn't matter because Trad Moore drew it. We saw Trad Moore. Uh, he did the first six issues of All New Ghost Rider, and it was astonishing. Some of the best stuff Marvel's ever put out. But he left Ghost Rider to go back to do Luther Strode, which is kind of the the comic that started his career as well. And this guy is without a doubt one of the best artistic talents in comics today, hands down. Just the way he draws action is unparalleled. This, I, I still, like I said, I can't tell you what's going on in the story. And in one of the rare cases, I can tell you I do not care. I will read the rest <laughs> of this miniseries just for the artwork. It's gorgeous. I found it confusing as hell. Way too many fight scenes. And had no clue, just like you as well. But yes, the artwork is phenomenal. The coloring is incredible. Just absolutely amazing. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. For that and only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as for the greatest comic to be published this week, I read Archie versus Predator. I did not. <laughs> this was the dumbest thing i've ever read and that is saying a lot because it's 90 percent like the same archie stories i read when i was a kid like nothing changed other than their vocabulary and their wardrobes <laughs> and then you have predator silently killing people in the shadows <laughs> like it's it's so dumb and i have to assume that's what they were going for I probably won't pick up the second issue, but like as kind of just like a pop culture phenomenon thing, I guess it's pretty fun. No, I'm not reading it. <laughs> I'll make you read it, damn I'm it. Like, hell you will. <laughs> All right, what have you got this week? All right. Um another convergence. I read the Shadow of the Bat. <laughs> I I just I keep thinking there's gotta be one of these that's gonna be good. I'm I'm sure there is. I'm not going to read all of them to find it. Yeah, well, I'm. That's why I only read one this week, <laughs> as opposed to the three the week before and the one from the week before that. Because it was like, okay, well, I've got a. It's Batman. I mean, it's pretty hard to screw up a Batman. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently, it's fairly goddamn simple to screw up a Batman story, and they did. So yeah, I didn't. I I really. I keep going back to the same thing again. It's events are meant to bring people in too. And if it's doing nothing but confusing your readers, I mean, I'm sure some people are reading this. I'm sure a lot of people are and saying, I know exactly what's going on. It made sense. It was cool. It was great. Fine. Good for you. But you know what? I'm reading it and it was sheer stupidity and just the trying to wrap a story around the concept of an event can sometimes make it so that it's for the the writer. Oh, this makes perfect sense, but for everybody else, not so much. And that's what this was. I felt it was just, it, it was, it was sloppy writing because it had to be wrapped around this goddamn event. I, yeah, I did not. Didn't take it. Yeah. When, once the convergence is over, I'll look back and see if there's anything that, you know, legitimately was interesting and then I'll read it. Yeah. Wolverines. uh, (laughs) You're you're almost there, I think. There's only, what, five more issues left? I don't know. This is more of Mystique being Mystique and trying to ruin everybody's lives and 
deciding who's doing what and Dawkins being this badass trying to get the person who had his stole his healing factored thing and then bump it to oh here's Blade because why not let's just shove <laughs> Blade in here for no goddamn reason it was ugh. yeah it was bad it was so bad I, I are you reading the Spider-Man and X-Men at all now or have you pretty much clocked out uh, I, I don't want to say I've clocked out I'm interested I'm just not reading it <laughs> I it's 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 not getting better. I'll say that. And there was yet again more moments where I was like, "Oh, come on. This doesn't work in the constant animosity." But this was a lot more action with the taking out the 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 brew who had gotten infected with venom. So a lot more plus him Spidey taking on the venom suit again in order to fight them back and whatnot. So there were a couple of moments where you're like, "Okay, that wasn't bad, but Overall, yeah, not so, not, not so good. And that's what the series has seemed like to me. Some great moments surrounded by 15 pages of I could do without this. Yeah. Thor, number seven. Mm-hmm. Is, I, was, I, I didn't mention it because I was wondering if you were going to bring it up. So, okay, first of all, it's not really clear saying this is definitely her. It's absolutely her. But it's that's what I figured. I don't even know who this and is. I, although the way they're writing it, I'm preparing for like a last minute swerve. If they wanted to, yeah. That's exactly it too. Because since day one, that's who I thought it was. Is it? Yeah. Okay, Is uh, does she spend most of her time just in Thor comics? Because I don't recognize her from any other comics. She debuted in Thor God of Thunder six issues before they ended it. Oh, so oh, what a coincidence! There's a new female Thor, and in the Thor comic, they just introduced a new female character. <laughs> okay, okay, but she's she cool, had a relationship. Like she had a relationship with him with old mm-hmm. dude Thor. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know they were professional and uh, later personal right. interests. Okay, well, yeah, and it, this is exactly what I was expecting. I was like, I'm not gonna have a clue what is going mm-hmm. on, who it's gonna be, and whatnot. And that uh, was pretty much it. So. It wasn't a bad issue, but it was not. I actually, I actually enjoyed this issue more than any of the others because yeah. it was mostly just Thor kicking ass, yeah, <laughs> which is what I want out of a Thor comic. <laughs> I don't want Odin's son's detective story. Um, just very, very quickly, a couple of the new ones that are out. Um, the Tithe, which is kind of, as you would expect, a religious kind of got a whole yeah, bunch of religious Yeah, I looked undertones. at it and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to read this. But it's a heist. It's a right. heist on the this evangelist, Shyster, who is kind of ripping people off. So you're kind of rooting for the bad people kind of thing. And then the trying to catch them. So it had some, it wasn't bad actually. And some elements of it were quite interesting. Yeah, I may check it out. And then Run, Love, Kill, another one that just started. Another one I looked at but didn't uh Oh my god! Art spectacular! Like oh my god, the art is amazing. Story confusing as all hell, bouncing all over the damn place, and you're reading it go whoa 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 what the hell you what like this doesn't it it it's you you're being too subtle. You think you're being you know just jump around and it'll all make sense when you put the pieces together, but it really doesn't. I I didn't even finish it because it got to the point where it's like what are you trying to say here? It's it's it just was I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, one ever so quickly, just last one. Mm-hmm. Did you read the latest uh, Leia? 
It was issue two. No. Okay. Yeah. Issue two. Yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't read it yet. So I finally got around to reading it. It's funny because I had said initially that this would be probably my least favorite of them all. And it's not. It's it's behind Vader. But I mean, it, this was actually pretty good. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I like what they're doing with the character. Yeah. So, well, that and her partner there, the, the, the one who's mm-hmm. piloting the plane, she's and- pretty nice. That's the secret to these Star Wars comics. You know, the the Star Wars comic is focused on the main cast and, you know, it is what it is. But these side stories are really expanding and they're telling stories with the important characters, but using these new side characters. And that's what's really been exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was quite good. I enjoyed it. And that's it. Cool stuff. Right. No, that's not it. Ah, uh, that's One not it. But wait, thing. there's more. Did you watch the Batman versus Robin animated uh, show yet? No, I did not. Okay, so it's the essentially it's Court of Owls, and oh. this story, but slanted around a Batman versus Robin because who doesn't want to punch Damien in the face? And uh, nobody. <laughs> so it's it was actually really good. Ironically, <laughs> Kevin Conroy doesn't do the voice of Batman; he does the voice of Thomas Wayne. <laughs> I'm going like. What are you trying to pull Kevin off? Kevin Conroy ain't getting any younger, so he's still he's still Batman. You know it as well as I do. But anyways, the um, the the animation is fantastic. The voice, obviously, acting is spectacular, and the story, for the most part, is very good because we're getting a lot of that Court of Owls stuff with Talon too. So there was some mm-hmm. really cool stuff that if you'd read the comic, it was like, oh, cool. But again. Such a pain in the ass seeing that much of Damien. It's just you <laughs> want to just can I fast forward this whenever he opens his mouth? Because he's an annoying little brat. But aside from that, it was really quite good. I enjoyed it. Alright. Uh maybe I'll check it out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. It's just you gotta tune out the punk it, kid. DC's animated stuff is frequently fantastic, yeah, so I agree. I just didn't even know it was out. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up uh, to date too much on that lately. All right, then. This week's new releases from Marvel. We have all new X-Men number 40, which if you've been on the Internet, you know is a big deal. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 17.1, Amazing X-Men number 19, Guardians of the Galaxy number 26, and praise God, the end of Black Vortex is here with Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men Black Vortex Omega. And rounding out the list, we have Star Wars number four. See, I was going to mention that I read the last. I've, I've that one too. And it was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I, I read it, but I don't want, want to keep bitching about it. <laughs> From DC, of course, we have more Convergence with Convergence number three, as well as the first issues for Adventures of Superman, Batman and the Outsiders, Green Lantern Corps, Hawkman, Justice League America, New Teen Titans, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, Swamp Thing, The Flash and Wonder Woman, as well as Suiciders number three. I still haven't read number two. Image, we have a solid week. We have Chu, number 48, Deadly Class, number 12, Captara, number one, which just looks crazy, and Manifest Destiny, number 14. And then from IDW, we have Borderlands, number eight, Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, number 23, and Samurai Jack, number 18. And that's going to wrap us up here this week at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening. 
make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.